three weeks, we'll just be looking at some different aspects of Christmas and the Christmas story that can teach us lessons that are valuable to us as believers today uh, in, in our spiritual journey and our spiritual walk. And this morning, I want to share with you a message entitled, Witness, Wonder, and Worship. Witness, Wonder, and Worship. We're going to be going to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, there is the story of the first announcement outside of Mary and Joseph uh, of, of the arrival of the Son of God. And um, in the Scriptures, a sign is a miracle with a messianic message. In the New Testament specifically, signs were miracles that carried a message to prove that Jesus was the Messiah. And so when we see the word signs in the New Testament Scripture, we have to understand that there is a particular message, that it is a miracle that is communicating a message that is regard in regards to the Messiah and proving that He truly is the Messiah, the Son of God. In Luke chapter 2, the angels said to the shepherds, Today a Savior who is Messiah the Lord, okay? So communicating a message was born for you in the city of David. This will be the sign for you. There's that word. It is a miracle with a messianic message that communicates or proves that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And so he said, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. So here's my question. Why shepherds? Why these shepherds in the field? Why the emphasis when we know that the Scripture says that that Christ was born for all of mankind, why the emphasis was born for you in the city of David? This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby. You, 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 over and over. Why these shepherds? Why this emphasis on these you that we see in Scripture? And so the first thing I want us to look in Luke chapter 2, and I want us to, to look at the shepherds. Okay? So as we look at the shepherds this morning, there is a historical context. Now understand what I just said. It is a historical context, not a biblical context. But there is a historical context in other literature of history of this era and time that would communicate to us that the shepherds might not be just ordinary shepherds. Now, I don't know if you've heard this before, but it certainly would be one of those things that could help us to have a deeper and greater understanding in regards to the events of this evening. So these shepherds very well could have been, because there were these group of shepherds, that they were hired by the temple officials in order for them to tend the sheep that would eventually be the temple sacrifices in the temple at Jerusalem. Now think about that for a moment. Again, remember, not a biblical context, but a historical context. Jerusalem and Bethlehem, the temple in Bethlehem, only about 30 miles apart. At 30 miles apart, maybe a little bit more, 35, it's very possible that these shepherds could have been somewhere in the countryside between the two cities, tending the sheep 
that eventually would become the sacrifice sheep in the temple. And they were hired by the religious or temple officials of the day. Now, when we begin to think about that, we would certainly understand some more significant things in a greater way in regards to this first Christmas. One, why these shepherds? Well, they tended the sheep that would be sacrifices. So they would need to know about the Lamb of God that would be the sacrifice that would take away the sins of the world. Why these shepherds? Well, they were, in a sense, ordinary people working an everyday job. They weren't religious leaders. They weren't teachers. They, they weren't anything significant in any way. But they were shepherds tending sheep, possibly, not a biblical foundation, but possibly they could have been the shepherds who tended to the sheep and lambs that would be slaughtered at the temple for sacrifice. And so the significance of their being the first to hear about the birth of the Lamb of God that would be sacrificed for all of mankind to take away the sins of the world. Secondly, I want us to look at the sign. There are different aspects to the sign that we should understand. Think about the fact that the shepherds tending the sheep to be sacrificed were the first to know the birth of the Lamb of God. Think about the sign as the angels came and listened to the message that they proclaimed. Luke chapter 2, and we want to begin reading in the very first verse and, uh, and communicate the message that was given that day. Now, it came about in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all of the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Crinius was governor of Syria. So all were proceeding to register for the census, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, whom he was engaged to him, who was with child. And it came about that while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all the people. Again, there's that interesting thought. We kept seeing you, 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 but the idea is this is for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And it came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see these things that have happened which the Lord has made known to us. So 
the story begins to unfold. These shepherds are tending their sheep. Jesus has been born. And the angels come and announce to the shepherds the birth of Jesus. And in announcing the birth, there are some important things for us to learn about the coming of Christ. The first is this. It says, glory to God. Christ's coming was not about Christ. It was about the Father. Christ's coming was about what the Father was doing for mankind. Glory to God for the sacrifice that He was making. Glory to God for the step that He was taking to save mankind. John 3.16 says what? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so He says, the angels say to the shepherds, Glory to God in the highest. This is about Him. This is about what He is doing to save mankind from their sin. And this is for all of mankind. And as he makes this, as the angels make this message known, the shepherds are frightened all through the story of the coming of Jesus. Because this is something that is new. It is unusual. It, it has never been done before. It, there, there's no precedent set before it for these things. We hear people over and over again, and the words are, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. They were frightened because they were experiencing something new. They were afraid because they were experiencing something that they had never heard of or never seen or, or never experienced before. And so there was a fear of the unknown and the uncertainty of what was happening. And all through the story of the birth of Jesus, we hear over and over again, do not be afraid. And the angels say to the shepherds, don't be afraid. I bring you good news, glad tidings, great news that I bring to you this evening. And so they say to them, this will be a sign to you. Remember what the sign is. It is a miracle with a messianic message proving that Jesus is the Messiah. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And so the angels disappeared and they said, let's go straightway to Bethlehem. Let's leave right now and hurry there and find this thing which the angels have announced to us. The other thing that I want us to note is, is the wrapped in swaddling clothes. There was a custom for the Jewish women of that day and that they would never leave home on a journey without a piece of linen cloth. We don't know exactly what size, but, but long enough to wrap around their waist and to tie. What was the significance of that? Why did they have this linen cloth with them whenever they would travel? This custom, this was a, a traditional thing that the Jewish women would do. It would be in case during their journey they were to die, that they could be buried with their own linen. That they wouldn't have to borrow linen. Because you've got to remember that the, the times of that day and when death occurred and burial took place, they didn't always take them back to where they came from. They might be buried there in that exact place and the place where they, they died. And, and so they took this linen with them. It was a custom that they would take this linen with them in case they were to die on the journey. They would be buried with their own linen. So the idea of a baby in a borrowed manger, in a stable, if you would, being wrapped 
in swaddling clothes, being wrapped in linen cloth and lying in a manger is, is not unrealistic. It's not something that you go, man, they were on a journey and they were going to register in the census and they had no place to stay and so they were staying in a stable. Where did weird swaddling clothing come from? Where in the world did they get a piece of linen cloth that they would wrap the baby in? Well, custom, tradition of their day would say there's an exact source that that would come from. It's interesting. The baby who was born was wrapped in a linen cloth that was taken for the express purpose if there was death to be used in the instance of death. And that his coming into this world was simply for the purpose to die. To die for the sins of all of mankind. And so we see again the sign. The sign is much more significant than just, hey, listen, you're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. There's, there's a much deeper meaning. There's a, a much greater uh, interest and understanding of what's taking place when these signs were given to the shepherds that they would find the baby who was born to be the Messiah and the Savior of all of mankind. The third thing about the sign that I see is this, is that he was placed in a manger. Now, a manger would be uh, of great importance to shepherds. And, and there are several reasons why. We see a manger today, and we see a stable today, and, uh, and we see a wooden structure in this little nice wooden manger that we place the hay and the baby in. And the fact of the matter is, in all reality, if we were to go back to biblical times and go back to that day and time, they didn't build a lot of wooden structures. There, there were not a lot of things built out of wood. Wood was used in conjunction with stone. And so oftentimes a, a, a stable or a barn, if you would, of that nature would be a cave or it would be a, a place that there was a rock cliff overhang and they could move the livestock or the animals underneath. There might have been a front fence of wood that would hold the animals back in that cave, but likely not the, the structure that we see today as the manger or, or as the stable and, and the manger that we find today. The manger... More than likely, the greatest percentage of, of opportunity is that it would have been a, a, a stone structure that would have been just hewn out. So they would have taken the stone and chiseled out where there was a little bit of area that was, was indented that they could put the feed or the hay or water or whatever they might need to in there for the animals. Now, it was used for many things. One of the things it was used for is if a, an animal was born and it was small and it was weak, this was a place of safety and security. That they could take the small animal and place it in that stone manger and it would be elevated and away from the hoofs and the, the feet or whatever terms you want to use for the other animals, the larger animals, that it wouldn't get trampled underfoot or under hoof. And so a shepherd would look at a manger a little bit differently than we would look at a manger in the fact that it wasn't just a place to feed or to water the animals. It also became a place that would be a, maybe a, a birthing place. It would be a place of safety and security for the smaller animals to, to find their, themselves out of the, the path of the larger animals that would be there in the stable area and where all the animals were kept together. And, and so this is a significant thing for the shepherds to hear the words, you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. 
This wasn't unheard of for them. This was a very familiar thing that a baby, something newborn, would be found in the manger, a place of safety and security where they could be cared for. Not just a place of food. The Son of God would become the bread of man, the bread of life. Not just food, but a place of safety and security. And so we look at all of these signs and the communications that were taking place and and the idea of, of understanding that this is a sign. That this was a message of a miracle, of a virgin birth, that would be the Son of God who would take away the sins of man and was announced to the shepherds that they would come and find and they immediately left where they were, and they went to see this miracle, and they looked for the signs. Now, when it says they found him, that word that, that is used there meant it's the idea in the original language, they found after much searching. Have to stop and think about Bethlehem is, is a good-sized place. It is a very busy place at this time because all of these people have returned. We know that it's crowded because the innkeeper said, what? I, I don't have any room for you in the end. And and so there's one place that you can stay, it's the stable, but everything else is full. Everything else is busy. Why? Because all of these people are returning to Bethlehem in order to register for the census that's being taken. And so it's a crowded city, it's a busy city, there are people all around, and the shepherds leave, and they're looking for what? They're looking for the sign. And the sign is they're going to every, every stable that they can find, and they're looking in the stable, and they're looking in the manger to see if they can find what? A baby wrapped in linen cloth and lying in the manger. And so they're searching. They're looking for the Lord. And as they look for the Lord, they eventually find Him. And they find Him in the exact place that the angel said He would be. What an incredible, unveiling of the Son of God and His birth and coming into the world. Listen to the events that unfold once the shepherds have found the baby Jesus. And so we continue with the thought. And it came about, verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem, then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he was lying in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known to the statement, made known the statement which had been told them about the child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all of these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. So I want you to think about that for a moment. They went in haste. That was the first Christmas rush. All right? They were in a hurry. They wanted to see this thing that they had been told about. And when they found him, they communicated to Mary and Joseph and obviously to others because it says all who heard. They communicated the message that they had received of the sign. The sign is what? It's a miracle. 
that brings with it a messianic message that proves that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And they're, they're proclaiming that message. They're telling people exactly what they had experienced, what they had seen, what they had witnessed and encountered themselves. And then it says that all of the people who heard it were in wonder. And then they returned to their fields, praising and worshiping God. As we prepare for the Christmas season, there are three things that I want us to be conscious of, aware of, and connected to in our spiritual life. The first one is this. Response to the revelation is we need to be a witness. We need to be a witness. We need to be telling others about what we have experienced in Christ Jesus. We need to be a witness that says this is what's happened in my life. This is how God has intervened. This is, this is what God has done for me. This is how He's changed my life. This is how He's blessed my life. These are the things that, that I have witnessed that God has done for me. That's what they did. They were just shepherds. But they witnessed everything that they had heard, everything that they had seen. They expressed it to other people. They, they weren't trained teachers. They, they weren't philosophers. They, they, they weren't people who, who were educated in fact, shepherds were not even allowed to testify in a court of law. That's how uneducated or unimportant they were in their society. And yet they were witnessing to people and telling them about all that they had seen and heard and experienced. This Christmas season, take an opportunity to witness to others. To tell them about this birth of Jesus that we celebrate, this birth of Jesus that's so significant and so important that it is recognized world over, and witness to them to understand the significance of the birth of the Christ child, the Savior, the Messiah, the Deliverer. The second thing is this. As they shared their message, they found people in wonder. They were just amazed. They were amazed at the story. They were amazed at the events. They were amazed at the unfolding of the God's plan for mankind. And so, so don't lose the wonder of Christmas. Don't, don't get so caught up in the busyness and the rush and the hurry and the presents and the wrapping and the decorations and all of the things that we lose the wonder of what Christmas is really all about. We use the wonder of Christ being born and the significance of that to us as believers, as Christians, as people. And then the third thing is they returned and they did what the angels could not do any longer. They worshipped. They praised Him. They celebrated Him. They gave Him the, the due worship that He deserved because He might have still been a baby but He was the Son of God. He was the Savior of mankind. And God had sent Him into our world. And these shepherds returned worshiping. These, these shepherds returned celebrating that the Messiah had been sent, that God had been true to all of the prophecies of the Old Testament Scripture, that God had been faithful to send a deliverer who was His only Son, who would save all of mankind from their sin. And they worshiped 
they celebrated. That was their response to the revelation that they received that first Christmas night. And what I want to encourage you as we begin to enter into this Christmas season is that you make sure that we, you are prepared in your hearts to witness, to wonder, and to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This morning we're going to offer an invitation.